Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hi, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm excited to continue to grow our followership. I don't know if you call it followership, but we are going to today. And um, I I just love it when you guys reach out and you uh, share your thoughts and your feelings. So keep doing that. Let me know through uh, Messenger on Facebook, or if you look at the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com, there on the right side, if you scroll down, you can see a link to my email, and you are welcome to use that person email and reach out to me about your thoughts or your uh, questions or or whatever. Okay, so today I'm so excited. I have a guest that I, I can't wait for you to meet. Her name is Molly Down Stoller, and she describes herself as a gay Christian marriage and family therapist who lives in San Diego with her wonderful wife, Sue. Now that's her Sue, not my Sue, for those of you who know me, okay? And uh, they also live with their dog, Sir Andrew James. Um, Molly has a bachelor's degree in social work from Point Loma Nazarene University and a master's degree in marriage and family therapy from the University of South Carolina. I was going to say South Carolina, (laughs) San Diego. Okay. We won't cut that out. People know me. (laughs) Um, Molly has worked in the mental health field for over 15 years and has seen the healing power of faith and therapy. Molly became a therapist so she could join others in the difficult stories and experiences in their lives and finding clarity and freedom in those places. She has extensive experience working with depression, anxiety, trauma, and crisis intervention. She is certified in EMDR, and she's also going to share with us today about a a support group that she's going to be running very soon and that you can join. So we'll get those that information from her. So Molly, welcome to the Gay With God podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You are welcome. I, I love, I love, I love talking with other therapists and uh, I am now a coach online, but uh, did therapy for a bazillion trillion years mm. and <laughs> in many different venues. And, um, and so I welcome you uh, on that front to a kindred spirit yes. in therapy. <laughs> yes. So um, Molly, before we get to the support group that I totally want everybody to hear about, tell us your faith journey story. All right. Um, So like I said, thank you for the invitation. Um, So I grew up in a suburb of Denver and I grew up actually Catholic. My dad worked for a Catholic church. I was an altar girl. I got confirmed, all that good Catholic stuff. Um, You know, and my parents were really just about loving others no matter what. So I didn't grow up hearing that being gay was a sin or being gay was good or bad. Actually, I just never was around gay people to even kind of think about it. Uh, so when, uh, when I was 17, I got really involved with a Southern Baptist youth group. And that's when my relationship like with God really clicked. I hadn't really felt that in the Catholic church, but I, this youth group, I just, those were my people. 
So I started going there, got really involved with camp counselor, all that good mega church stuff. And so I don't remember ever hearing that being gay was a sin there either, but it was kind of implied. Like mm. I remember hearing about there was a, there was a man who used to have same sex attraction. Now he's married to a woman and praise God, you know, that's, that's how it should be. So uh, yeah. once again, uh, not a lot of, I just didn't have a lot of exposure to anyone who was gay. Mm -hmm. So then I go to a Nazarene college, got very involved there. And then I got hired right out of college at a, a Christian nonprofit. So, and it was, it was, it was great, but it was very Christian. Like that everyone I was surrounded by Christians almost felt, you know, like kind of like a church. They had to go to chapel twice a day. All the, it was a homeless shelter and uh, recovery program. So that's, that was kind of my, my world. So I went from Nazarene school straight into that. And at that time I got um, really involved in a, in a Baptist church. So, and this Baptist church, my pastor regularly got up on the pulpit, would say that homosexuality is a sin. When he listed a bunch of sins, he would definitely add homosexuality in there. At the, at the homeless shelter, I was also doing my therapy internship and it was definitely, you know, I believed and so did everyone else that if you were gay, you could get healed from that and you had some sort of trauma. And so through therapy and God that could be healed. Mm -hmm. One of my coworkers had gone through that and was like, I have no temptation anymore. So we're so good to was go. Was that like conversion therapy? Well, yeah, maybe. I think, okay. I don't know if they would call it that and they didn't preach about it, but definitely yeah. in therapy, it was, let's work on this. Let's see what's behind this because this is not of God. And, mm -hmm. you know, this okay. is definitely a sin. So but probably in a sense, it was, yeah. you know, definitely the, the theme. And so I ran an overnight shelter for women and children. And I even had there was some, some couples that were women and I had them sleep apart and wouldn't let them sleep on a mat together mm -hmm. because I didn't want to, you know, in quotes, condone that lifestyle. Right. Right. So that was, that was me. I, I really thought that was, was truth. So we had someone at our church. So my Baptist church, I also became a member of the ministry council. I volunteered on a regular basis. My best friend, was pastor's <laughs> wife. So I also thought that there, and since my pastor really preached homosexuality being a sin, I remember we had a volunteer who said she was a lesbian and wanted to get really involved. And I was the one saying, no, I don't think she should volunteer. You know, maybe she could hand out bulletins. Ugh. Um, but not <laughs> yeah, being take a breath. When yeah. we look back, we just have to take a breath at, at how we were yes, yeah, you know, just so clueless, unfortunately. And we did what was what we thought the right thing to do. Yes, absolutely. Very, very true. Yes. And you know, sometimes I feel like you know, the apostle Paul, he you know, killed Christians and then became a Christian. Yes. I definitely was the judgy mm. Christian mm -hmm. who was judging gays and then mm. kind of realized I was gay. So <laughs> all the folly it, of it all. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. So, and I'll, I'll talk more about kind of my involvement now with doing therapy with queer Christians. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's been quite a, an amazing journey to be yeah. on this, the other side of that. Um, so basically from age 17 to 38, I was completely surrounded by, you know, conservative evangelicals. When I left my job at that Christian nonprofit, I started working with a crisis mental health team with local police departments. Um, We have something like that in San Diego County. So social workers and therapists ride with police officers, Mm. respond to 911 calls um, and, and kind of figure out how we can best help these people, whether it be the hospital or something. So wonderful job, totally different. Um, but I got, I got, um, stationed at a new police department and I was told that my new partner was one of the best. So I was so excited. Her name is Sue. And I remember walking into the station and meeting her and she was so pretty and so cool. Like, just like, I was like, wow, she really, and just dynamic. Um, and we sat down and we just talked and talked and I was amazed at how much compassion she had for the community and for them, them, the severe, uh, mentally ill in the community too. And so we just had a great, it was just a great match. So I even went home that night and told my roommate, oh my gosh, I have the best, you know, law enforcement partner. We just click, we think alike. It's awesome. I was so excited. So, and then we started talking a lot outside of work. So mind you, we were in a police car for 10 hours a day <laughs> Wow, <laughs> next to each other. And we were talking outside of work texting all the time, talking on weekends. So, um, I finally, well, I started thinking about kissing her, which freaked me out, (laughs) freaked me out. And I remember asking my roommate to come to my room and I just started crying and was like, I can't have these feelings. Like, this is not okay. This is the sin. Like I need to stop this, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. But then I remember looking over her at her one day and just going, Oh, this is it. This is the feeling that everyone talks about that. I'd never had, I'd, I've been on a lot of blind dates with guys, never had a long-term relationship. My high school boyfriend actually is gay. So kind of explains why it didn't work out, <laughs> but I'd never understood that feeling. And I was like, she's it. Like, I, wow, I really like her. And then I was like, but she's a girl. And that is really different. Our relationship kept evolving and I'll, I'll kind of go back to how I kind of, my process of being okay with it, going from Mm -hmm. not thinking, you know, thinking it was a sin to being okay with it. So our relationship kept evolving. Uh, I finally mustered up the courage to ask her, are we just friends or I, you know, I kind of have a crush on you. And I was, I was actually really surprised when she said the feeling was mutual. So year and a half later, we got married and it was probably one of the most amazing days of my life. And so we've been married for four years and I just, I just love her so much. Oh, 
And is she still working for the police department? She actually just retired after 27 years. Wow. Well, congratulations to her. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Great, great service. What an, what an awesome story of not only, um, you know, the strife of it, but to come from, from feeling so validated in the space that you were in, just Mm. knowing what you knew, you felt valued, Mm. you felt like you were contributing. And then you go into this other avenue where that it was even at the homeless shelter, you know, doing what you thought you were called to do. And you were, you were serving at your highest and best self Mm -hmm. and doing what you knew to do. It just wasn't your authentic self. Mm -hmm. So the highest Mm -hmm. and best self can be who we are as we're serving. And that doesn't always line up with our authentic self because, Mm -hmm. you know, we all did really great work (laughs) cluelessly. (laughs) Right. Right. We didn't know what we were and, you know, we just had to shelter that really, you know, we had to keep it mm. sheltered from the world and from sometimes families and, and, but you were always serving at your highest level. Mm. You just didn't know who you were at that moment. So oh, I, I love that. So, yeah, yeah. Me too. Now that I say that we need to write that down. <laughs> I know <laughs> so I'm about to. I'm standing. What was that? <laughs> Um, but so I'm wondering, you know, even though your family didn't really ever, you know, talk about homosexuality when you were younger, how did they react when you, when you did come out? And we can go back to that process of how you teased it out, but just how, how did they react? Yeah. So my family was amazing. So I had to drink a lot of liquid courage and, (laughs) A couple glasses of wine, went outside, sat on the steps and called my mom and she had met Sue previously. And Sue is just one of those cool people who you just like are drawn to. She has people talk to her out of nowhere. So my mom already loved her and she just didn't seem too surprised by my Uh announcements. Um, and she had one of the best responses and she lost my dad, who was the, the love of her life five years before and just said, Molly, uh, finding someone that you love is just priceless. And mm-hmm. so who cares if it's Aww. a man or a woman? I mean, just the best mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. And then my older sister who lives near me also had seen me interact with Sue and already knew she was like, I know you have a crush on Sue. Just tell me. And I was like, okay, yeah, I do. So, <laughs> so my, I have another sister in Colorado too. So my, my immediate family was wonderful. My church family, on the other hand, was, was not, mm-hmm. um, I told my best friend who was also the pastor's wife. Um, and she just said, you aren't gay. You just like the attention of someone. And, you know, I'm 38 and I really struggled with being single and wanting a family. Mm -hmm. And so I did, you know, I had to think, is that, is that true? And Mm -hmm. I I just, I couldn't help it. What, you know, I just could not stop thinking about this, this woman. Mm -hmm. So I remember my pastor, he and his wife sat me down and said, you know, this is a slippery slope. It would be better for you to quit your job and move in with us than then keep being tempted at work. Oh my God. Um, so, so we yeah, can they, control you. <laughs> yeah. So in that little velvet box of Christianity. <laughs> yes. 
Mm. Yeah. So the, the hardest part about that was, you know, I lost most of my church. I did lose my church family. Uh, I have a goddaughter who was eight at the time and I wasn't allowed to be around her anymore. Mm. Um, there was a pastor in San Diego, a couple, like 15, 20 years ago that, that came out and said that anyone who had same sex attraction had some sort of perversion. So mm. that got to kind of my friends. And so they were like, we don't know if we can trust you with her anymore with my mm. goddaughter who I'd seen, I helped raise and I'd seen probably every day of my life. So oh. that was the most painful thing because I never got to sit down with her and tell her why I wasn't around anymore. Yeah. So that's been, that's, that's been the hardest relationship. And, you know, one of the things I talk with my clients about a lot is just the grief of coming mm-hmm. out. It mm-hmm. is, there's so much good. And I was so, you know, like you said, living my authentic self and I'd never been happier. And I was just, mm-hmm. it was so fun. Um, but it also is a lot of loss. Yes. So having to just go through that grief process mm-hmm. and just, you know, and, and here I am on the other side of it. So, but I, I talked to a lot of people about that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, it is not a picnic for anybody. You know, when our parents have one version of who we are and who they think we are, yes. and mm-hmm. then we have to, you know, show them a whole new version of us. And it it takes a minute, you know, it really takes sometimes years for them to mm-hmm. understand the shift that we made maybe months or a year before we even brought them into the awareness. Yes, and so we yeah. had time to unpack some mm-hmm. things and start a new life and be comfortable with it. And then we dropped the bomb on the parents. And, and so I do have compassion for parents who don't do this well when we come out to them, but yes. I also wish that all parents would, um, listen to the free mom hugs people. Cause I just interviewed mm. Sarah Cunningham, which is a brilliant lady who, who has that going. And she said, there is enough information out there for parents to know how to handle mm, a coming yes. out. Even if you need time to process the initial, I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all you, even if yeah, you that's have nothing it's... more than that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you. And, and we will, we will, we will work through this or I will work through this. And I'm, you know, to just be honest and, and be able to just extend that love. So, so that's really a tough thing, the, the grief thing. And, and, and what I found out yesterday, just yesterday, not that Mm. I didn't know this, but triggers (laughs) can happen so quickly and knock our little solid rock foundation Mm. right out from under us. I was a lay reader at the parish yesterday. I, I joined last year, I guess, yeah, within the last year or so, I joined an Episcopal church that is so open and affirming mm. and loving. Oh, that's great. And yes, it is. So I've, I've been able to reclaim something I felt that was stolen mm. from me from the church family that I grew up with. Um, but the one of the scriptures yesterday was in Genesis, and it talked about Adam being created and Eve being created, and that the man shall leave his family mm. and, and, you know, marry his wife. And I mean, I had read it and I'd practiced it and I was so uncomfortable reading it and I didn't want to read those words out loud. Of all the verses. Yeah, because I know, right? <laughs> and I said, I need to start looking ahead at what the scripture is going to be and choose whether or not I really want to read that day. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was awful. And, and I could tell when I was starting to read it 
that the only, and I was reading it and then I was getting closer to it. And you can tell in my voice, if, if you like do the rewind <laughs> of that, I'm getting more and more uncomfortable getting ready to say the words. Yeah. And, and I was like, and I can't audit. I mean, I can't edit that. And right, I right. can't um, give commentary. I want to say, you know, and that's fine for Adam, but it wasn't fine for a lot of people. And we need to be more ex- inclusive in it. <laughs> so I just had to like, can you put your parentheses in there? Yeah. <laughs> Man and wife, yeah, man and wife. <laughs> you guys would have loved that visual if we were actually doing the Zoom call live. <laughs> right. There is if you could air seen quotes. That picture of us, we were, yeah, air quotes going all over the place. But and then I noticed that afterwards I felt that wound come back open that, oh Midge, it's not um, Adam and Eve, you know, Adam and it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Mm-hmm. And all of that came back up. So mm-hmm. I was then I needed to go and contact one of my sage theologian people. Mm. we're safe to talk to and say hey this this totally came back up today and this is crazy and mm-hmm. and get some support so even though we may come into our authentic life and we're happy and we're joyful and we're with the person we love that doesn't mean the wounds won't still come mm. and we have so to true. revisit them and heal them on a different level mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. i mean i've had times when you know i will be holding my wife's hand in public and then we'll drop it. Cause some, you know, someone looks at us and then I'm like, well, why do I care? But you know, it's, it's those things that are just, you know, the, that, that are just, it's okay to feel that way is what yeah. I tell people. Cause they feel yeah. ashamed or I shouldn't think that way. And it's, it's years of society and family and friends and church telling us that's not okay. And so and yeah, triggers for sure are things that'll trigger you. Yeah. Uh, grief too. You know, I learned when my dad died, like you'll be start crying for no reason, kind of a, a grief bomb. Um, and that happens too with grieving the loss of your church or the loss of your mm. church family or what, you know, mm. so you might start crying and it is hard, even though you are, you are your authentic self and you're coming yes. out. So yes. I think that that's a, an, an important part of, of the process and letting yeah. yourself do that and have yeah. those, have those emotions. And that inner homophobia that we yes. sometimes carry and that we don't realize it's still there until mm-hmm. those moments or that we find ourselves possibly judging someone yep. else in our community for being too gay and making <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely on everybody. But that's uh, and that's that's a horrible thing to to think. But yet I it is something that comes back up. It's the same thing as as living in a home that might have been racist or homophobic growing Mm -hmm. up. And you have I call them Bernie thoughts now that my dad would have certain things that he would say. And I lived with him for 18 years. So it's not like I didn't take in that stuff, even though I might not have wanted to believe it or I rejected it as a as a, an adult self of me, right? And those thoughts still pop up because those were Bernie thoughts that were, you know, enculturated into me. So mm, I like that way. To, I like the way you put that. So, so we, I, if, if I can touch on the internalized homophobia, yes. that that's an, another thing that I feel like, Oh, we feel a lot of shame about sometimes because it's like, I am fine. I'm married. I love my wife. I love, like, I don't really care what people think. And then those thoughts come up, but I've, started working a lot with internal family systems, which Mm -hmm. talks about just our parts. And so I've started to view the internalized homophobia as a part of us that is trying to protect us. So 
if, if you can kind of have a look at it differently instead of going, God, I hate that part of me instead of going, okay, let's be curious about what that does for me. Mm-hmm. Because if that part really is trying to help us not be rejected or not be ostracized or whatever. And so I could go into more in depth, but if you can be curious about that, where that comes from, you know, mm-hmm. to identify, okay, that's not me. I'm not a horrible person or, you know, a bad gay because I have those thoughts. It's just, it is what it is and be curious and it's trying to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get those parts to relax, then you can really live from yourself and yourself is okay being gay. So mm-hmm. I like looking at all those different parts, parts with people. I like how you said that part about the inner, that, that the internal homophobia is there to protect us. Mm-hmm. That's, is, yeah. that's beautiful. And I, and I can see that in people, you know, that I, that I've looked at parts of that where it will come up as rage but really mm-hmm. toward the system, the church, yeah. but that, mm-hmm. that rage is actually coming from all the times that you felt like you weren't good enough. And now you're trying to make a big claim as yes. I, I am good enough and I'm good enough mm-hmm. just the way I am. That's yeah. awesome. Good. Very good. Very good. So I can keep going if you sure, want, please. kind of, as you were talking about church, kind of my shift Um, so it was interesting. So my wife was becoming a Christian. She grew up Jewish Hmm. and she was kind of coming, becoming a Christian. And I, as I was becoming a lesbian, so we joked that we both came out together. She, uh, so I had never met, you know, like anyone, a lesbian or anyone who is gay, who just like, was like, yeah, this is it. And I'm, we're good. I'm Uh good. I've, she said, I'm a lipstick lesbian and I have been since I was 15 and she's good with it. I'd been a Christian. So I was just talking about Christianity and she's like, I've never met a cool Christian. I've never had anyone break it down for me. So it was kind of fun that we just kind of came out together. So we started going to just a non-denominational, I don't know if they were affirming or not. They just kind of don't ask, don't tell, but Mm -hmm. it was a good place to start for us. But then I didn't feel comfortable like joining a small group or anything. Uh, so I started reading, uh, Colby Martin's book, Unclobbered. I don't know if you know, Uh, mm -hmm. it has been, I recommend it to everyone. It has been so helpful because Colby breaks down those seven clobber verses and just really gives it an in-depth look. And it just changed my mind about those, those verses. And I was Mm -hmm. like, absolutely. It was awesome. So Colby actually is a pastor of a church called Sojourn Grace Collective, and it's in San Diego. And I almost fell out of my chair when I realized it was in San Diego. And so (laughs) soon I went and I was just in tears the first time we went there because I could hold her hand and nobody cared. And they just, I could introduce her as my wife and just have that radical acceptance. So the other thing I, I think is so important is to try and find an affirming Mm -hmm. church because it makes such a difference uh, to Mm -hmm. have that like corrective experience. So that was kind of, and so Sojourn has just been, been great. They were actually at the um, wild goose festival. Oh, they were. Yeah. They had this whole booth and um, set up and and I talked to a few people that were there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we don't have that in Randolph County, just so you know. 
please come visit. We have a great Episcopal church called the Good Shepherd. Uh, but <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's sometime if you're in San Diego, check oh, out. Yeah, yeah, Sojourn. yeah. So as I'm going through this, we got connected with an affirming church. It was awesome. Just really becoming more com- more and more comfortable with being who I am and, you know, being gay and Christian. Mm-hmm. So um, about three years ago, I started looking into having a private practice on the side just to do some, you know, therapy. So I looked in some office spaces, talked to some people, and then it really was random that I picked a podcast, I picked Queerology and saw that Candace Zubernot, the founder of Christian Closet was the guest. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll listen. And she was awesome just to hear a therapist talk like that. So I looked it up online and I just randomly was like, okay, I'm just gonna email her and ask her if she ever hires therapists part-time. And we set up a phone call. It was just, she's just wonderful. And all of a sudden I'm a Christian clerk there, Christian closet <laughs> therapist. And I started seeing clients and nice. it was just amazing. And it was so, it really helped heal me. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I think that I he- help heal others too. Mm-hmm. And it has been so <laughs> life-giving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, I talk with people who say, you know, I've never met someone who is gay and Christian and mm-hmm. I didn't know that was possible. And I didn't mm-hmm. know anyone was out there like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my clients are, you know, in, in the, in the South, Alabama, Kentucky, and there aren't affirming churches and that's just not part. That's just not accepted. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to just hear their stories and let mm-hmm. them share and and mm-hmm. let them feel the hurt and, you know, just, just to be there with them has been so inspirational. So I've, I've been for the last three years, I've been working with the police department full-time and then coming home and seeing clients with Christian closet. And it's been exhausting. You know, I yeah. just, so recently, actually two weeks ago, I quit my full-time job it was a great job, but I was just ready. And I'm now doing Christian closet full-time. Yay. So Yay. yeah, like I said, I just, I feel so privileged to work with them and just be able to see how God uses my journey and even my pain mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. turn it around and help others. Mm-hmm. And so that's just been just priceless. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that whole thing about, you know, coming into your own and, and following your intuition. I love the fact mm. that you just picked a podcast. Queerology was at the wild goose too. Yep. Oh, you need to go to the wild goose. Someday uh, I really, it's on my things to do. I'm going to the QCF conference, um, in January, but yes, yeah. that's on my list. Yeah. To do. And, and that's, you know, you just following up on your intuition. And for me, mm. I started the podcast, a, I really started the podcast. You would have probably said in 2019. So we, we, our business that we were working at closed and I started my Mm. own coaching business. And as an outgrowth of that, I got on anchor and started this little podcast called empowering awakened hearts to kind of, you know, sidestep Mm. with my, my um, business. And probably a year ago uh, back well, more than a year now, I was saying hashtag gay with God on that podcast and talking about it and talking about my journey and how that's evolving. And Mm. when I look back at it, it was like, I couldn't even usually 
when I would talk to people, I couldn't even hardly use the word God because it just had Mm. such a toxic Uh, feeling inside of me. Uh, But when I finally did some work on myself, and I was able to finally come back to that word and see it for what it was that I could be gay with God. Mm. And I didn't have to hate the word God, because it was the other people radiating hate and not God. Although Mm. that's a journey too. it's an up and down, you know, sometimes a a bungee cord event, but um, (laughs) very traumatic. But yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of spiritual trauma, a lot yes. of oh, goodness, so much yes. just connected to Christianese and yes. all the dogma, all, of that. all the dogma. Mm-hmm. And you're right. They don't look at the context of the scriptures. You know, and so that that book is really good to to highlight for folks. Um, but, you know, that that whole thing, that whole reason for starting this podcast. And, and so I kind of flipped it away from awakening mm. hearts to gay with God because I, I was it. tired of people feeling like I can't be gay and Christian. And if I'm going to yeah. go to hell, I'll just kill myself now. The yeah. pain that people go mm. through um, on that journey is just toxic and, you know, painful. And so in, in this format, I. I get to celebrate the people who are brave enough to tell their stories, even if they haven't reached the end, because who of us have, we haven't reached the end, So true. but but it is a story to show people like you that can come through all of the things you came through and then get to the other side as you are right now with some sense Mm. of, yeah, I'm gay. I'm Christian. I'm serving others again, still as always. Yes, yes, yes. I just know more about me now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there you go. I love that. I love that. Well, and one of the, you know, some people will ask how did you know, how did you go from, you know, a hearing one message for, you know, 38 years and then being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Cause that is a hard, you know, you feel like you aren't aligned. Your heart and your head aren't yeah. aligned sometimes. And what really helped me was like, I knew, I don't know if you can hear my dog. Sorry. That's Andrew. As long as my dogs can't hear your dogs. So okay. we probably will. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you want to edit that it's out. Fine. So the way that I've come to be okay with it is that I was, I had all these outside voices, right? My pastor, mm-hmm. my church, everybody saying, this is a sin, you know, this is a slippery slope, whatnot. But when I just sat down just me and God, and I took all those voices away. I know what it's like when you're doing something wrong, like whether you call it sin or not, but I know what it feels like. And and as Christians, I think that a lot of times we're told not to trust ourselves Mm. and that's part of the problems, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, die to yourself, you know, that's fleshly desires or whatnot. And so I was like, well, okay, I'm going to start trusting myself. And I don't feel like this is wrong. Not one part of me. There's nothing that I feel peace when I'm with my wife. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the other part is there was so much fruit and I was the happiest I'd ever been. My mom always says that I've never seen you as happy as you are, you know, now and, and with Sue. And so the fruit that came from our relationship, I was like, that has to be from God. I just, I don't know if I want to follow a God that says that's not good. Uh And so, you know, so I was like, yeah, there's, there's, there's peace here. There's goodness, there's fruit. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with that instead of Mm -hmm. what someone else is telling me that doesn't feel right. And, you know, I'm going to quit my job and, you know, and be miserable. Right. So, and I think their voices 
toward us is out of their own fear of going to hell. They swallowed that and they can't, they can't shift from that because we weren't allowed to ask questions and we weren't supposed Mm to, you know, say anything about what was written in the Bible. So they can't research it and look at those verses in a different light for out of fear. And, you know, I don't know. I I talked to another guest who said, I don't think that, that fear, that the church's fear, those who fear gay people in the church will ever change, but there is still a, you know, that it's hard for them to break mm-hmm. through their fear to, to say, okay, I now understand. I understand right. that your gayness is not a, a mortal sin higher above right. anything else. Um, yeah. But yet there is such a movement around those of us who are getting bold enough to say, Mm -hmm. I can be gay with God. I can be gay and Christian. I can come out of the closet. My life is validated. I am now more visible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then again, you know, we sometimes pull away from holding a hand in public, not only because of how we were trained, but also from our own fear of what has happened to some of us who have been out in Mm -hmm. the world and been killed for it. So it's it's legit. Yeah, There's a legit fear. (laughs) And then there's the, the inner fear that we've held in us because Mm -hmm. we were afraid we would go to hell for it. And it all just kind of percolates a little bit. And sometimes it will come out when it's, it's given a trigger, but, um, those of us who can, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say those of us who can be in the light and show that light to others, yay for us and yay for them when they, when they feel empowered to do so. And you were going to say, Oh, well, so I think that was one thing that really helped me is this. I don't know if it's new or not. It's new to me. All of these gay Christians who are coming out and saying, Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't do this anymore and I don't need to do this anymore. Right. So like, like Candace or, mm-hmm. you know, the queerology, just all of those voices, Colby, mm-hmm. you know, Amber Cantorna, her book unashamed was so, so helpful when coming out. Um, so all of those voices are, are so good. Um, the, the other thing though, is, you know, with going back to the fear and the parents, I, there's some parents that, can't accept their son or daughter because they really do think they're going to hell. Yes. And so yes. as you know, I can have compassion on them that they really believe that it's just so sad to see that they can't move past that and have a relationship with their kids. But yes, that fear can just be crippling. If they think yes. my, my daughter's going to hell, my son's going to hell. Yeah. Um, because so, they're fighting for their child's life. And that's what yeah. Sarah Cunningham was saying in, in her show with me is that when her son came out, she she really had been indoctrinated with that he will go to hell. Mm-hmm. And it was like the mama bear wanting to drag her kid out of the mm-hmm. depths of hell. And she didn't know how to um, to save him. And mm-hmm. yet she looked for answers and she found people that helped her walk through it. So what you said earlier about you've got to get support and from a loving yes. church or from someone who can say either P flag, you know, the parents and friends yep. of lesbian and gays or the free mom hugs folks are just oh, amazing at giving information to parents. It's not just for hugging us. It's it's for the parents too. So, you know, finding people who have been on your journey and have been Christian and are Christian, but still love their kids, you know, yeah. as as any parent would want to do is to find that balance of honoring their own faith and still having a relationship with their children. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And one other thing I realized is 
And I tell people is that you're not in charge of your parents, their, their process of yes. figuring this out. So, you know, PFLAG and all of those good resources for parents. I think sometimes we think I need to convince them. I need to come at them. And that's not always helpful. And sometimes it's even more traumatic. So, yes. you know, I had some friends like that. They've come around, but, I, you know, I had to be like, okay, this, I don't have to have those conversations and it's mm-hmm. actually better that I don't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's resources for people. Good job. Yeah. 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 That's perfect. So earlier you said that, that you had to convince yourself that, that wanting to kiss Sue was okay. And that, that heading down that, <laughs> that little path, what, you know, what could you tell somebody? My, my final question is usually something like, what is one thing you would share with someone else? Well, what would you share with someone who's Christian and, and they're saying, Hey, I'm attracted to this, <laughs> this other person that's the same sex as me. And I'm going to go to hell. What, how, how did you work through that for yourself? I know you've alluded to it through other, other answers, but how did you work through that immediate fear of, oh my God, and get to the I, other side and marry the girl? I mean, also, that right. was pretty cool. <laughs> right. I know. It's a great story. Uh, I think, I think the, one of the main things was just letting myself ha- ask those questions mm-hmm. and being, being curious about it mm-hmm. and going, okay, is this wrong? And a lot of times as Christians, like you said, we're not allowed to ask questions. And Mm so just giving, Mm -hmm. giving myself permission to do that. And then really surrounding myself with affirming voices, Mm -hmm. like I said, podcasts, the books, the people on social media, there's so much right now with this podcast. I mean, just Mm -hmm. listening to all of our stories and hearing people who are gay and Christian, it can be powerful to just go, oh, well, they seem to have both. And I didn't know I could have both. Right. So that's what I think really, mm-hmm. really just helped me. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't maybe find an affirming church where you are, but there's so many resources out there. I mean, just more and more books, more and more podcasts. It's just, it's just wonderful. More and more like, um, the wild goose and PCF and all of those. So the other thing that really helped me was finding an affirming therapist. And Mm -hmm. so if you are, you know, wanting to deal with some trauma or just talk through it with someone, you know, just to plug the Christian closet, we have 10 therapists that are all LGBTQ. So it is amazing. And they're all Christians too. We don't, there's no, agenda or anything behind it, but we all understand that world. So Mm -hmm. it's really, you know, to have someone understand what it's like to grow up evangelical or fundamentalist Mm -hmm. and then come Mm -hmm. out on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's just, that was so helpful for me too. Yeah. Are you guys online or in the office? No, we are all online. We are all over the U S so you can check us out at the christiancloset.com and see all the therapists and, mm-hmm. um, Candace Zubernot's the founder and she's been doing this. She did this way before zoom and virtual nice. therapy was a thing. So nice. yeah, it's all online and I can see, we see people from all over the world. Awesome. So that's a good segue into tell us about this support group you've got coming up like now. Yeah. In a couple <laughs> of weeks. Yeah. So, um, there, you know, this is actually how I found you was through a Facebook group. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, about later in life lesbians. And mm-hmm. I came out when I was 38 and yeah. I just, there's a lot of women I feel like right now that are coming out later in life. Maybe you're in a mixed orientation marriage or, you know, um, married to a man now deciding, okay, this is not really me. So I wanted to do a group for later in life lesbians who are coming out or about to come out, anything like that. And there's no age limit or anything like that. But one of the other ways is to be in a group with six to eight other women. You, I just have them tell their stories. We listen to each other's stories. And then we talk about things like boundaries, grief, self-compassion, God, Uh, And it's just a wonderful six weeks. So it's every Wednesday night from 530 to seven Pacific time. It's only $60 a week and um, it starts October 27th. Okay. So all virtual, all online and the groups that I've done in the past, they actually, a lot of them still meet weekly because they just made that connection. Yeah. especially if you feel alone or, you know, I know it can be scary to join a group and it's a therapy group, but I promise I'm pretty easy to talk to. And they've just, (laughs) they're really just amazing. So if you're interested, you can um, go to the christiancloset.com or email me at mdowns at the christiancloset.org. So October 27th, every Wednesday night for six weeks and only $60 a week. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. As soon as I saw you posting that in the group and I thought, oh my gosh, not only is that awesome that you're doing that, but oh my gosh, she needs to be on my show. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And we have other groups too. We have one for mixed orientation, men in mixed orientation marriages starting right now too. And I think another coming out one. So we have a lot of good stuff awesome. um, happening at the Christian closet. That is so cool. And I love the name. Tell Candace, I love the name. Oh, that is I know. so it's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. So I will I'll tell her that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is, that is amazing. So uh, as we're, as we're winding down and um, there will be guys, there will be the information on the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And we'll uh, set that up so that you guys can click on that and make sure that you uh, access the group. If that's what you want to do, because it sounds like an awesome group. Um, So for you, Molly, uh, to make sure that you feel complete, um, is there (laughs) anything? Is there anything else that, that you just had a burning desire to share and we didn't get to it or we went around it or, um, just to restate something that's most important to you for, for listeners to hear any of those thousands of things. I just, just go ahead, choose one. <laughs> I, I think it, I really just want people to hear. And I love the name of your podcast because I just, I want people to know you can be gay with God and mm-hmm. to, to get to know God as a kind, gentle, uh, you know, whatever you want to call him spirit mm-hmm. of God's too hard, mm-hmm. just being that he, she, or they is just an amazing, there's unconditional love. There's no strings attached. He's not mean. There's not rules <laughs> you have to follow or things you have to believe. Mm. And even if that feels hard right now, you can work through it. And so 
listen to, to new voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's, that's a good way to, to end that. So thank you, Molly. Yeah. For, thank you so much. Um, you honor us with your faith journey story, and I'm so glad that you were here. And I want to thank all of you listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Molly, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And if you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with God, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. See you next week and stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community. And if you want to, you can check us out on Facebook at the Gay With God Facebook group. All right, everybody have a good week and we'll see you next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.